0: and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson.
1: Good morning. Well, you know, I say that uh, often, and uh, my apology, because we do have listeners from around the world, and uh, I am so uh, grateful and humble uh, to the fact that... Uh, we have listeners from other parts of this great world, and that you may be in a different time zone. So I'll say hello and thank you, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're in for, once again, a great uh, conversation, uh, hopefully uh, uh, taking it uh, a step further, and we have an amazing guest today who will speak with us. Uh, about uh, education across the board every way you can think about um, we are of course wellness interactive and we have uh, a, a fabulous uh, what I think approach to uh, you know all of us connecting our mind body spirit and taking it a step further so this is our platform it's the Wellness Lounge a step further. We're located at 14 South Orange Avenue and, uh, you can actually, you know, come in. Uh, it's, uh, brick and mortar, uh, the Wellness Lounge and we, uh, like to feel and think that, uh, we support and help everyone, uh, connect that whole mind, body, spirit. So today, in speaking about, uh, education, our families, our institutions, uh, just who we are and, and how that plays such a great uh part of our life and in helping us you know connect that whole mind uh to that uh, uh spirit uh you can find us on uh twitter of course uh, hashtag @wellnessinter i n t e r uh you can always uh comment at w y at @wellnessinteractive. Com. We are also thankful for your comments of last week's show and for all the shows, uh, Facebook. And on that note, I'd like to share with you a passage from a book called Boundaries, Where You End and I Begin, How to Recognize and Set Healthy Boundaries. And it's by Anne Catherine. Uh, just a interesting passage, uh, and I may come back to this later on in the show, but I want to share this one uh, passage because I think it will take us directly into uh, what we need to speak about today. Uh, an echo bounces your words back to you. A warm response brings your feelings back to you. You get to know yourself better. This combination of effective feedback and knowing yourself better creates an emotional boundary. It feels in the circle of who you are and creates a space outside you of who you're, you aren't, of who you're not. And so we, we've always spoken about that, uh, you know, uh, defining really who we are and connecting all the mind, body, spirit. And then it goes on to say, Our feelings are rich in information about how we are reacting to the world. They tell us when something seems dangerous or threatening or safe. As children, we are taught to write and speak a language, and we are also taught how to handle feelings. We learn how to do this by watching others handle them. And by the way, our feelings are responded to. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. And of course, you all may know all this, but uh, again, this is a discussion trying to take it a step further. Here's uh, uh, what she goes on to write. It says, I'm scared, says the five-year-old on the way to his first day of school. No, you're not. This is fun, says an uninformed dad. Another example. Mommy, I hurt myself. The four-year-old comes running, cradling her scraped elbow. Ooh, let me see that, her mother responds warmly. I'm sorry, you got hurt. She picks her up, cuddles her, and carries her inside. And another seven-year-old, He's, he says, his face is Tight, his mouth is pinched. I don't want to go to, to my scout meeting. I don't want to go. And the parent responds, it, it, well, it's going to, you're going to, uh, the scouts will teach you to be a, a, a man, <laughs> one of the parents responds. Uh, another says, come here, dear. You look scared. Tell me what happened. So pretend you're a seven and compare, you know, uh, some of these uh, interactions with children. I say all that because... uh uh, uh, Stacey, Tracy, sorry, Tracy Gray, will definitely engage us on a whole different platform in understanding uh, education, education as it begins at home and then in the classroom. So let me give you a, a little background on Tracy Gray. She's the founder and president of the Sokofa Global Project, and she has devoted her professional life as an educator and entrepreneur to developing interdisciplinary. Curricular, creating and directing diversity and intercultural programs at institutions, including the Ethical Culture Filson School in New York, the 12 Comics Learning Support Program, and the Carey School in San Mateo, California. Tracy has also launched international partnerships to expand cultural and global awareness and interaction through her work with the Antelope Foundation, Kenya, Infinite Family, uh, South Africa, and the Ghana Initiative of the National Association of Negro Business and Professional Women. Uh, We will, again, uh, speak to uh, Ms. Tracy Gray also about uh, the Trayvon Martin case and as it pertains to national and global efforts to educate our children with the best intellectual diversity platform available for the future. Tracy Gray, thank you. Thank you for joining us this morning. I know you're on a completely time zone, too. <laughs>
2: yes. Definitely. How are you? <laughs> I am well. Thank you, Desiree. I really appreciate this opportunity to speak with you in the Wellness Lounge, and a step for, for, further. It's a real tremendous opportunity. I'm very
1: grateful to be speaking
2: with you this morning.
1: Well, uh, I thank you for that because uh, we're always excited uh, when anyone can take uh, the time to Help us. (laughs) And so, on that note, (laughs) I'd love to uh, just speak with you, uh, Tracy, about um, where we are. I want to focus on today uh, that whole mind uh, uh, spirit connection because, as you know, uh, we do have, uh, uh, there have been studies and we do have amazing platforms addressing uh, emotional intelligence. We have uh, uh, so many studies about uh, how we uh, perceive our children to be as they navigate this whole educational platform. And I say perceive to be because we all have these ideas that our, our children should be learning one way, or taught one way, or engaging, uh, you know, uh, with uh, uh, our communities on a certain level. And in fact, sometimes it may not be any of that if it's not supported by family, by parents. And I just want to take you in the first direction of yourself. So how did you uh, get this strong passion about education and diversity and where did that come from in your life?
2: Well, you know, one of the the things you talked about before is the parent-child connection and um, the role that parents play in a student's social-emotional development and their ac- academic development. And I'm very grateful that my parents were very instrumental and very passionate about me and my siblings having the best education possible. Um, I grew up in Detroit and our parents made sure we went to the best institutions, the best schools in Detroit. It wasn't easy. Um, We um, were uh, living in one neighborhood and traveling to another, but education was key. But my uh, first educators were my parents, and actually, they still are my parents. It's uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) an interesting connection uh, to have my parents so involved in my continual development, and I Mm. i want to talk about that later, about the role of mentorship and the role of of making sure that our students have support as they enter school. When you talk about social-emotional development, there have been tremendous studies and institutes who've shown research that says without students feeling comfortable in their skin and in their environment, true learning cannot happen. Uh, There may be some regurgitation of information, but for students to actually access information And to retain it, they have to be engaged in the classroom on a social-emotional level. Mm -hmm. And so in my experience, I mean, I went into education. Actually, I never thought I wanted to go into education. As a matter of fact, um, many people suggested that I go into education, and I said I would never go into education (laughs) until I moved to New York. Um, (laughs) My first experience was teaching in an underrepresented school in Harlem, And from that experience, where there were no supplies, no materials, no curriculum, I decided I needed to learn how to teach. I met one of my first education mentors, other than my amazing mentors in college, was Stan Chu, who's from the Bank Street College of Education. Um, He introduced me to the independent school world, and I was trained to teach at Bank Street College, as well as under some amazing women. Teachers, Betty Ravens, who's no longer with us, and Kelvina Butcher, who was a teacher at the Ethical Culture Fieldston School. Uh, Kelvina is now an administrator at the Dalton School in New York. Um, these teachers working in collaboration with teachers, because that's another important component. The teachers don't teach in isolation. The teachers work together with others to refine and define their practice. Um, being in education, I uh, gave me an opportunity to sit down with children, talk with them, get to know them so that we could create a safe environment for them to learn. I think that is crucial in education that students have access to materials, yes, that they have a world-class curriculum, but that they have teachers who care enough to
1: get to know the students and engage them and bring them into the curricular level so so uh, Tracy then um, let me uh, let's speak a, a moment uh, about uh, the balance uh, of uh, yeah being in uh, a great school with great teachers and a great curriculum and then being in another school as you mentioned earlier uh, if you're in a, a different environment a totally different environment uh, how is one, and if you're a parent, and I, I just believe all parents, most parents want the best education for their children. But if you're in, yes. in an environment that does not allow you to, um, you know, perpetuate that beautiful dream for your child, you're going to have great teachers, you're going to have, you know, a, a, a great curriculum, you're going to do all these wonderful things. What is it that a parent can do, uh, God forbid, if they're in an environment that does not have everything you just mentioned.
2: That's a really great question, and there are a number of things parents can do. Um, First and foremost, establishing a relationship with the teacher and creating a partnership Mm -hmm. with the teacher. Um, Partnership. Let's
1: let's focus on that. I think it's so strong, partnership, because it's something I definitely believe in, too, where we constantly teaching our teachers how to deal with our kids, or what does that that mean uh, to you?
2: Well, I'll share from my own personal experience. Great. Um, Being in a school where parents understand the vision and the direction and the mission of the school is crucial. If parents understand... relationship with the administration is important as individuals and as a group. Having a strong parent association, which means that the parents in the school spend time, effort, energy, and yes, money to rally around the curricular areas where teachers need support and where they may not have adequate resources. Go um, so, yeah mm-hmm. Go ahead there are many, many opportunities for parents to get involved in the conversation, but the conversation has to begin with the parents. I mean, the teacher's job is to make sure that the students are getting what they need, and if the teachers aren't able to do that, parents play a pivotal
1: role in helping the schools get what they need. Um, so then, yeah. uh if uh you're in... uh underserved community, especially when it comes to education, and we know that uh, there are many, unfortunately, throughout the United States uh, where parents are struggling. Uh, You know, you do, if you're a parent, you've done everything required to get your child to kindergarten or, you know, preschool, four, uh, four years old or whatever. You've done everything. You're excited. The child's excited. And you get there... Everything changes for that child and yourself because all the work that you've done to prepare your child just for that one day, it can be reversed overnight, I, I believe. I'm, you know, and, and I'm also speaking from uh, experience knowing and understanding other uh, parents and what goes on in their life um, when they've uh, worked so hard uh, to get their child uh, to a certain point and then you look up, and you don't have all the things that you spoke about. So, if the parent plays a, a pivotal role in all this, when or, or can you share what your perspective is uh, for a parent who's dropping their kid off uh, at a school for kindergarten, and uh, they uh, they too recognize that you know they don't have the tools uh, to maybe even perhaps help their child or to educate their child. Uh, you mentioned associations and groups. We know, I think, that there's a percentage of, a small percentage of parents who actually will jump in to assist yeah. and help. Yeah. Uh, is there, uh, something right now, taking it a step further, that a parent who is listening, or parents who are listening to the show right now, can do uh, just to jump in and say, this is not going to happen. There are a few things that I can do that can be very simple.
2: There are, yeah, mm-hmm. there are quite a few things parents right. can do. They realize there aren't enough resources in a school. I really believe in as our students are learning and growing, we can learn and grow beside them. Yeah. School is not the way it was when I was a child, mm-hmm. and even as a beginning teacher, school has changed so much. There are a number of, um, for example, online programs, community programs, uh, mm-hmm. like e- ePALS. It's called ePALS Global Community, where learners connect, where if you, as a parent, are looking for your child to have a, a constructivist learning environment where students are actually learning by doing, um, because that's how most of us learn. We learn best when we're actually doing something. With ePals, parents and students as well as students and parents in another part of the country or another part of the world can design a project together and mm. work on it.
1: So wow. while
2: you while you have the in school experience, which may or may not have all the resources that you may need,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you can be a part of this global community.
1: See, and that's just uh, very important. Uh, I think uh, uh, that uh, parents know uh, there is a global community support system, you know, in place. It it's, it doesn't end at the school uh, door. You know, uh, you can go online and you can engage with uh, other parents, other curriculums globally, and that. Two will help and support your child 's experience in a positive way, I think that 's what you're saying, or yes
2: yeah, that is exactly what i 'm saying okay, then... so
1: hold that note for me for a moment tracy yeah. we 're going to break for a commercial, and we 're going to come back and speak more about uh, that uh, whole emotional experience being connected uh, to education and uh, early childhood, and then also touch. Uh, A little on the Trayvon Martin case and, you know, uh, boundaries and all these uh, amazing, I think, uh, platforms that uh, we need to uh, navigate to help us uh, have a positive presence uh, in our communities uh, at large. Okay, thank you. We'll be back with Tracy Gray in a moment.
2: the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family caregivers unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience.
2: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit
0: us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to The Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com now. Back to the show.
1: Thanks for being with us uh, today. We're speaking with Tracy Gray. She is the founder and president of the Sankofa Global Project. Uh, It's an amazing project, which will get uh, uh, Tracy to share with us more information about the Sankofa Project, but just know that uh, all of our discussion uh, this morning is really related to all the amazing work that she does. I want to read another passage because uh, we were speaking earlier about uh, parents' involvement and what uh, you can do right away if you're in a underserved, underserved uh, uh, community, or you, you unfortunately may not have the tools uh, to prepare your child. Uh even in an educational platform which we're, we're all entitled to. You you don't have pencils, you don't have uh, uh lunches, you don't you don't have anything to help that child uh, navigate. So um, I just want to read a paragraph uh again from the book Boundaries, where you end in I begin. Uh it says when we have good emotional boundaries, we can protect our physical boundaries. But both physical and emotional boundary development are harmed by distance violations, not trust intrusion violations. Our ability to protect ourselves is related to the strength of our boundaries. If we haven't developed clear emotional boundaries, we are vulnerable to physical violation. Now, one might say, well, uh, Tracy, this... Uh, this all sounds great emotionally, but what does that have to do with education well i i I think just me, <laughs> I think uh it has a lot to do with education in that uh because our parents are are, are uh, basically our first educators and then we send them off to school, there may be a lot of issues and things that uh you as an educator uh recognize uh where others Cannot, you know, uh, I'm, I'm speaking others from, I guess, uh, the bus driver who will drop them off or, you know, the the aunt or or the uncle who may drop them off or, you know, people aren't looking at what I think educators should be looking at and feeling all the time, because it to me, it helps if I drop my kid off to you, it helps me to understand if my teacher is engaging with me and my child to figure out what's going on, if there are any issues, or if you need more to help educate my child. So a lot of, uh, you know, ups and downs in, in this great institution of ours. Can you speak about that, uh, Tracy? Yes.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, my understanding and my experience of being a teacher is most teachers go into education because they care about students. All of the teachers that I've met and come in contact with over the my many years in education really care very deeply about the students whom they serve because education, teaching and being in education is a service industry. Um, one of the things I know that teachers... Benefit from is having interactions with parents. I cannot stress that enough. Having a relationship with um, your teacher really makes a difference for your student. Um, Not to say that teachers don't pay special attention to everyone, but having the relationship and being able to know the background information for your student, the more information a teacher has on your student, on their development. On their likes and dislikes, on things they're afraid of, things they want to learn more about, the better equipped the teacher is to shape curriculum and to shape the classroom environment to
1: support students. So, um, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. No, go and ahead. I, think- I love it. I it, yes, I think uh, uh, it definitely uh, uh, would of course, assist uh, both parent and teacher and the student. So I just want to have a little discussion about you have all that and you have the teacher, you have the parent, everyone's engaging. We uh, love the idea that maybe our kid is doing fine. And then lo and behold, unfortunately, you need to address the diversity issue or the race or how the kids are interacting with each other. Uh, that plays a, a really strong role, uh, and this is just my thinking. It plays a really strong role, uh, with, uh, the parent who, uh, is nurturing that child and really preparing them uh much more for the academics beyond the academics uh yeah. can you speak maybe about that it's just my thought because i know how i've engaged my children for many years and i must say you know because i believe in full disclosure tracy was actually my daughter's both my daughters uh, kindergarten teacher and this is one of the reasons why I brought her back, uh, I, and, and I tell people, oh, she's a keeper. So I've known her for many years. I have a 23 year old and a 21 year old, and I just know that she's doing amazing work. And she has, uh, it doesn't matter where she is or what uh, particular school she's in, private or public, she knows how to navigate, uh, the best experience for our children. And I'm hoping you're going to elaborate more on that because you did some amazing work just being, uh, the only African American teacher at one point uh, in the schools that my my kids attended, and I think at one time they were there were only three African American girls in uh, the kindergarten class, or African Americans, period. And I say all that because it doesn't matter if you're maybe perhaps Asian or. Uh, listen, uh, you, can, you can be uh, Irish Catholic in, in uh, another uh, uh, environment. How do you navigate all that to protect our children and their whole intelligence, their emotional intelligence when it comes to diversity and uh, how to embrace that?
2: You know, you, you raised some excellent questions and um, very sensitive issues for a lot of families. And um, I believe in being as frank and as honest as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, In my experience as an educator, as a teacher, practitioner, as a student, where I was often one of two or one of a few or the only African-American person or African-American woman, um, I had to really know myself. And when Mm -hmm. you're asking students to do that, um, it's extremely difficult to know themselves. And that's where parents and teachers have to have the conversations and schools have to have the conversations about the diversity, even when it's uncomfortable. Having conversations that, hey, my child in an independent school setting, for example, is the only Indian child in the classroom. Wow. This is, this is my child's experience. How can we make this environment supportive? And oftentimes, the teachers acknowledge that before school starts, oh, who are my students in my class? How can I make sure that their needs are being met? And then when the parents bring the conversation to the teachers, teachers will say, yes, this is something we're thinking about. Or they'll say, no, we hadn't thought about that. We didn't consider it. And it opens an avenue to have a conversation about how we make the environment safe for a student who is the only or one of two or one of three and how we make it so that it's an inclusive environment. There's a lot of room for cultural competency skills to develop.
1: I love that. Cultural competency skills. I love it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. The park, that that uh, should be a curriculum within, it, within itself. <laughs>
2: Well, there is a great movement in in academia, in the professional world, business and professional, to make sure that there are corporate cultural competency skills as well as school cultural competency skills. There are a great deal of people who are pioneering this work. Of note, uh, Dr. Stephen Jones um, is doing amazing work with independent schools around the country, as well as um, organizations like Toyota, to promote cultural competency skills and to make the environment safe, to have the uncomfortable conversation. I think that we, I mean what are some of the research that uh, Dr. Priya Boone talked about, um, I listened to your radio show last week is that scientifically mm-hmm. we're all the same. We're all right. The same. I mean when you peel back the skin, we all have blood and bones and, 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 and arteries and veins. But when we look at ourselves, our physical appearance, and there's a difference, I think it's a beautiful thing that we're all different. Because even if you have people within the same race,
1: there are differences amongst them. And you know what? I'm so glad you said that because I think uh, you were just so brilliant. Uh, uh, I'm going way back when my kids were in kindergarten because I think you also uh, uh, assisted or it may have been your actual uh platform uh to engage kindergartens mm-hmm. to kindergartners uh, to even see how they react it uh with uh being uh, uh same sex or opposite sex or educators i think uh being different as you said it's beautiful it's it's amazing but when you're uh getting a, a kindergarten a kindergartner that you have to engage how is that because uh, you are a early child uh, educator mm-hmm. how is that for you or how has it been in the past where you try to implement certain uh, programs or curriculum where it helps that child uh mm-hmm. to uh, really take their intellect uh a step further how is that? Because um, it helped my child, both my yeah. children. They they never ever, right? Till this point, they have so. Uh, right now, they have so. Uh, oh my gosh, their their uh, diversity perspective. Mm-hmm. It really just doesn't exist exist in a sense where it's a conversation because all their friends represent. Uh, they're all American and some are, you know, global. But it represents the diversity of our world, and I believe that it began with you. And I want to thank you again. I always thank you for that because uh, uh, being a kindergarten teacher cannot be easy if they're coming uh, to school where the the parent is the first teacher and uh, they're not receptive to some of the ideas that you might implement.
2: Well, what I'm really grateful for, and thank you for that, I appreciate that,
1: no, it's amazing. Listen, I hey, I, I, my my daughters. Uh, people tell me all the time they're just amazing. But I know it. It began uh, in kindergarten and with you.
2: Thank you. Well, I was very fortunate that I was able to work in collaboration with Bank Street College of Education um, and develop the multicultural education through folk arts program. Um, when I was at the Ethical Culture Fields in School. And the whole emphasis of the program was to celebrate um, our similarities and our differences and to look at them mainly from an outside perspective. We brought people into the school from different cultural backgrounds to share their lives, their stories, uh, their
3: food with Mm -hmm. us,
2: which then sparked an opportunity to say, wait a minute, we can do this ourselves. We, what, do you, what do you bring to the table? Right. Hey, what does your family bring to the table? So we started by having people from outside and continued over the years to have mm-hmm. people from outside the school come in and share their cultural heritage and their experiences. And it forced us to look at ourselves mm-hmm. and what we bring to the environment and what did each family have to contribute.
1: And you're celebrating so that
2: and celebrating and questioning and making an environment safe enough to have these conversations and to the point where we ended up uh, having, even when I went on to teach second grade, having students come in and and have a week where they shared uh, something about themselves um, or lots of things about themselves, their interests, their hobbies, their families, their food, that education is, yes, learning the academics, learning history, learning math and science and all the tech um, 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 curriculum, but it is also, we are the curriculum as well. We bring ourselves to a learning environment, and in any institution, any school, public, private, independent school, there is an opportunity for social-emotional development to happen as people people bring their experiences and bring themselves fully present into the environment, and there has and people aren't always comfortable doing that, and sometimes you may need to have some assistance from someone from the outside because it just helps to have someone or a group an organization to help you facilitate these discussions and to facilitate building curriculum around these discussions. And when um, you have an opportunity to talk about Ellis Island, or Angel Island, that gives a perspective on different people's experiences coming to this country. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. And so,
2: and then when you look at the enslavement of Africans being brought to the country, that's just, it's not just another story, but it is a part of the American story. And I believe as we bring our different experiences, as we bring our cultural competencies and incompetence, we can really grow mm-hmm. and develop as a community.
1: Mm-hmm. You said something earlier about uh, how uh, you as a but an educator or teachers in general uh, you're learning alongside the student yes. so uh, or or you know, in the family it's itself Dr. Pri Boone uh, has mentioned in the past when uh, because she's a pediatrician and a family therapist she's really uh, treating or working with the family, so when that child comes in to visit, uh, she's, just, she's not just looking at the child, but she's looking at what the family is bringing uh, yeah. uh, to um, support this, yeah. this child that she has to treat. So um, can you reflect a, a little on uh, how, uh, uh, with, with all that you just mentioned about uh, celebrating our cultures and our, di- our diversity, how that sometimes can um, also... Uh, affect a child if it's not being driven in a positive way. You know, because that, uh, I think, uh, we both agree it's, it's a beautiful platform to be able to engage, uh, uh, uh all that we represent culturally, but, uh, it can, uh, maybe perhaps not be, uh, something that a child embraces, uh, at times, or a parent. Uh, so I'm hoping that you could speak more about that. And uh, again, uh, when we come back, because I hear the music, we're going to speak with Tracy Gray about uh, cultural diversity, but also uh, we're going to speak uh, and get her reflection on the Trayvon Martin case and, uh, you know, Trayvon being a teenager, uh, knowing and understanding that... Uh, he had a strong support strong family support but also that um, uh a lot of what we do in life uh uh may also uh contribute in a sense as to how we respond to situations, you know, our boundaries and, you know, uh, just being physically violated. How would you respond? But I think it all begins, again, as uh, a child, uh, you know, what you're taught, what, you're, um, what your fears are, and that, too, is a part of education. So,
3: yes.
1: Tracy, when we return, we'll uh, speak about that. Thanks again for being with us, and we'll be right back.
2: Up to your fullest potential this is the voice america empowerment channel the mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit
0: How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of leadership development news. Hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now back to the show.
1: Thank you again for joining us. We're speaking with Tracy Gray, uh, an, an amazing educator. Uh, she's helping us to take it a step further. Uh, I would like, uh, this segment, uh, Tracy, to really speak about, um, uh, what your, your program represents, but also, uh, speak about Trayvon Martin, because, uh, he, uh, uh at the time, you know, he, he would have, uh, eventually, I believe, gone on to college, and, um, you know, we think about where our kids are, where we want them to be, and he was a teenager, and, um, two things that come into mind, uh, of course your amazing program, which is STEAM, which is Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, Mathematics, because you throw the A in there. And then, yes. uh, what also comes into mind, um, when I think about Trayvon, because it's so very hard to, uh, for, for a lot of us to get that, you know, out of our <laughs> mind at times, because I just spoke about, um, if we haven't developed clear emotional boundaries we are vulnerable to physical violation now uh you know the clear emotional boundaries to me that's part of education i i believe that uh uh, uh his boundaries uh being a teenager uh to me they were clearly violated and i think everybody knows that but um you know I, <laughs> Your perspective only, though, uh, what do you uh, think uh, Trayvon was thinking or should have been, you know, what do you think his response is? I, mean, I think most of us feel like, oh, my gosh, uh if you have uh, a 30-year-old male following you, you know, how would you respond? But to me... It just, uh, you know, when you hear the voice screaming, some people say it wasn't him, it, and, and, uh, oh, it was, uh, you know, it was Zimmerman, so on. It, it, the educational and the emotional response and the intellectual, you know, emotional response to someone violating your space, I can't see it, uh, any differently. I try, because I try to put myself in... <laughs> the other you know, yeah. Zimmerman space or whatever, and being a woman, it's just difficult. But just uh, help us with that, because he was a teenager, and of course he obviously uh, went through the school system, educated, yeah. had parents and so on. Um, and then take us where you think teens are today and their preparedness and uh, moving forward, if you, of course, are not violated, you know.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, I am so very full of sorrow for um, Trayvon's family for the loss of life. Um, Mm -hmm. That most that most uh, the thing that stands out the most, uh, whether people agree or disagree with what happened, the fact that there was loss of human life is uh, tremendous. Um, This young man was college bound. He was a dreamer. He had goals and ambitions and was preparing for a full life ahead of himself, and his life was taken. Um, I believe one of the issues that stands in, in front of all of us is that we have to see children as children. And right. Trayvon was not given the benefit of being a child, even throughout the trial, um, his portrayal through the media. um he was seen as a man and not seen as a 17-year-old young man, young
1: uh, child, right? He was a a child, Mm -hmm. a teenager
2: who was navigating a difficult situation with bravado, with possibly with bravado. We don't know. We weren't there. But Mm -hmm. he knew someone was following him, and um, someone likened it to that if it had been a young woman and a young Mm -hmm. woman was being followed in this way, would the response be the same? Right. Um, and so when I look at what's happened with Trayvon, it is an awakening for America because for so long we thought we we're post-racial and we've thought that we are, we've arrived. We've gotten to some point where we have um, um, some equity, we have some real opportunities, which we do, and some avenues. But the legacy of um, race that was you know, even in our constitution, um, is, is something that we still have to unpack. And unless we're willing to have these conversations and willing to talk about the fact that, you know, we have people who are not being taught, um, that we are all equal. Um, right. there is a yeah. cultural fear, um, and, um, and, uh, being taught and, and, and promoted in lots of places. And, um, or even at home, and so Absolutely. people have a, a really difficult time um, at night or with, with their, dealing with their own fears rather than giving the benefit of the doubt, and I believe that there, there is a real opportunity in our country more, I mean, President Obama touched on it a little bit, but I believe there's a real opportunity for us to have meaningful conversations about what is our community doing to support one another. Um, right, because mean, I think,
1: you know, also, yeah. uh, when, I, um, when I think about your program, STEAM, uh, you speak about uh, kids, minority kids, not necessarily being prepared when they go on to college. They, academically, yeah. in uh, their school environment or in their communities, they may have aced, uh, you know, uh, yeah. top grades, but... Uh, they are unfortunately, unfortunately sometimes they're, they're not uh, prepared uh, because we understand that sometimes there are other issues that they may need to deal with. Um, yes. Yes. that uh, causes us to um, reflect yes. differently.
2: Yeah, well you know, there's been a tremendous amount of research done on um, the preparedness or lack of preparedness of students. In, um, as they go off to college, particularly in the STEAM field. Um, in San, at the San Costa Global Project, we are committed to assisting and helping underrepresented high school, college students, and recent graduates in accessing career, global, and education opportunities in the STEAM field. And part of the problem has been that there has been um, um, a lack of access To um, opportunities for internships or even knowledge. There there are plenty of opportunities, for example, for internships in different organizations at Google, at Oracle, at the Center for Resource Solutions, at PayPal. There are tons of opportunities, but if students don't know that there are opportunities in these fields or even understand that being in uh, on a taking a major and in any of the sciences is a, a real viable opportunity for them. It's 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 that's the preparedness. There are um, there was a young man, Warren um, uh, Oswald, is a recent graduate from Stanford University. He and um, one of the professors there um, spent some time. Uh, Warren Chang spent some time talking about struggle, striving, and thriving at um, at Stanford. And some of their findings were that students are under, underprepared, not just unprepared, but underprepared. They enter college anticipating a concrete learning approach. Um, they discover that classes are taught in more abstract, which seems foreign and alien to them. when I'm talking about African-American, Hispanic, um, Native people, first-generation students and women, um, that they're disengaged, um, that there's an alienating experience that causes the student to doubt his or her belongingness in the learning environment. They feel threatened. The student not consciously understanding the complexity of their own
1: emotions contributes mm.
2: this doubt to his or her identity, feeling a stereotype threat. And then... Um, right. In, in That's terms, so unfortunate,
1: the stereotype uh, threat yes. after, you know, yes. uh, so many years of... Uh, um, unfortunately, being in certain situations, some of us are Correct. in those situations at times where you are threatened or vulnerable to the, the race factor. But sorry, go yes. ahead.
2: And then they internalize it. They internalize the stereotype threat when they find that their identity or their values are not reflected in the classroom. And that mm. means under underperforming. So, what our goal is, and, and, and something I want to say, this is. Um, we are focused on helping underrepresented students, whether they're from socioeconomic backgrounds, from dis- different racial backgrounds, from first-generation students, because in our country, there is, and as there's been tremendous research done, that there is a real crisis for the United States and that our place in the global market and the global economy is threatened by the lack of diversity in our STEM field. I mean, with every underrepresented student matriculation into non-STEAM areas, the loss of opportunity grows and limitations for innovation are more pronounced. Um, low rates of access to STEAM internships, fellowships, mentorships, entrepreneurial endeavors, and resources lead to global incompetency, apathy, indifference, community, and subordination. And consequently, unemployment, Incarceration, substance abuse, and poverty are more normative than ever in African American, Hispanic American, and Latino American communities.
1: Oh, Our goal. Amazing. Yes, yeah,
2: it's true. It's very true. Yeah,
1: it. it you know, it, it, it's. I know it's very true, but it's just so pathetic that we would uh, just completely forget about uh, how great this country is and how uh, we've done so much to you know, be in the present right now, but on the backs of so many others. And uh, yes. I, I don't understand why we just can't get the idea that uh, uh, we're in a great country. We don't need to dumb down our mm-hmm. um, all of our, uh, in a way. No, you know, I'm so passionate about this, but go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry to, <laughs> to go ahead to okay. interrupt because it's more information coming from you than me. Go ahead.
2: Well, what, some of the, here at the San Clofa Global Project, which is in San Mateo, California, we're committed to increasing the potential presence and talent of underrepresented communities um, and women of all races in STEAM careers through some particular goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are facilitating access to organizations initially focused in Silicon Valley. We're facilitating motivation and engagement, fostering cultural competency. Developing sustainable communities through a forum and establishing career pathways. I'm very fortunate that I have amazing people who are supporting and uh, championing these efforts and I'm not alone in. uh, Right. You have a great advisory
1: board, which is uh, fantastic too.
2: I have a great advisory board as well as a network of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. who are doing this work.
1: Uh, ah, a network of entrepreneurs. so tell us where um we can uh, uh, engage with you or find you your facebook twitter uh, yes, can you tell yes, uh, the listeners where yes.
2: You can reach us at on Facebook at the Sankofa Global project. Um, on Twitter, you can reach us at reachback get it, and um, you can email me at tgray at sankofaglobalproject.com. dot com. I'd be happy to talk with uh, students, businesses, educators, anyone who's interested in developing the work of students and developing the opportunities of underrepresented communities and women in accessing opportunities in science, technology, engineering, art, and math. So thank you. Thank you for really having me. Art. I
1: love the art uh we you know that's that's uh, that's great you know we need both sides of the brain <laughs> yes
2: we do absolutely and there's a tremendous amount of research done on this
1: yes absolutely absolutely well i want to thank you again uh tracy for uh tracy gray has been uh, with us uh, today uh thank you again for engaging us and uh well, and a step further with uh education, diversity, uh parenting uh as it pertains to education. Uh I thank you so much for sharing and I hope uh we'll have a chance to uh engage with you again. Uh please come back. Okay. Thank uh, you so much, Desiree. I appreciate it. being on the show. Okay, terrific. Thank you for listening, and we're a wellness interactive. It's The Wellness Lounge, a step further. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter and uh, Instagram, Pinterest. We're out there, and uh, I too am happy to be here to uh, bring hopefully this platform a step further. Okay? See you next week, or hopefully we'll engage next week. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thank
0: you so much for joining us this week for The Wellness Lounge, a step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.